Hello, welcome everyone. I'm Bruce. I'm Greg. And I'm Casey. Together, we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show, Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures, as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 1, Episode 19, Provenance, premiered on April 13th, 2006, directed by Philip Screechy and written by David Ehrman. We are Natural, Natural Friends. 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 We've got our pal Greg, we've got our guy Bruce, they've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean, we're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. Remember, spoilers ahead. This week on Supernatural, Sam and Dean investigate the gruesome murder of a married couple after they realize the murder fits a pattern listed in their dad's journal. The boys deal with a haunted family portrait by burning a bunch of stuff, and Sam finds some love along the way. I need to start off with a question for you guys. Would you ever hang a painted portrait of another family in a room in your house? No. So I thought about this. <laughs> if they were like weird or like trying to be goofy about it or they just liked creepy looking things, this would make a lot of sense to do. Like it was a creepy picture, but because they're like, oh, that looks nice above our fireplace. It, 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 it didn't make sense. I would not do that. <laughs> Maybe they were still drunk. Were they? <laughs> he did mention the open bar, so maybe that's it. They accidentally bought it, <laughs> and then nicely hung it above their fireplace that night. All right. Follow up question: If you guys were this uh, rich as the people shown in this episode, would you also feel as unsafe as they did and need as much security? Did you pay attention to the locks that he locked on the door? No, I missed it. Um, I believe his front door had three or four different locks on it. And then he had the alarm panel. And in the second house we go to, it had bars on the windows. He he even says, uh, give me 10 minutes. I was like, 10 minutes to lock up your house? (laughs) But I guess. I also, okay. I somehow also got confused and I thought I heard 10. Was it two? And I, it might have been two. Yeah. Because then he says, make it one minute. <laughs> yeah. So initially, even for two minutes, I was just like, that is a 10 second chore. But no, I he had not 40 locks to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then he heads upstairs, thinks that he's about to get in bed with his wife that's alive. But nah, she dead. Horrifying. That's a pretty morbid kill. I liked it. It's the um the painting. It, did you guys catch what it was trying to tell you with the painting whenever it zoomed in on the table in the corner? I didn't, but he referenced it later. Yeah, it gets referenced and at I, like I, the end of the episode. I wasn't sure because I remembered what happened in this episode pretty well. Um, so I knew what it was trying to show. I was just wondering how clear it was for you. I didn't catch it until they were showing a lack of a razor, 
but I didn't know there was a razor there. I was just like, what are they trying to show? Right. Something's missing here. But, and uh, yeah, I wasn't paying attention earlier. And then the husband gets killed. He did too. He had pants on. Way to go. He was so fast. He was just walking <laughs> up the stairs and then suddenly just didn't have pants on. He was definitely mid stride taking his pants off. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> you'd like to hear him unbuckling. <laughs> so at the bar, we see Dean chatting it up with uh, a nice lady, and she says the numbers three four two zero, which Dean repeats back as seven four two zero. I didn't catch that. I think it was just a little little goof. When I heard it, I thought it was two four two zero, and then she they repeated the seven two four zero, and I was like, oh, I must have misheard it as it because I think it cuts in in the middle of a number. No, she definitely says. I went back and checked it. Because um, oh. the, the sub the subtitle comes up as both of them saying three four two zero, um. So it wasn't like a scripted joke. And then <laughs> when I saw the subtitle, I swore I heard Dean say seven. So I went back and watched it again. She definitely says three four two zero, and he definitely <laughs> says seven four two zero. You know what this is? This is a strategy to confirm if a girl has given you a fake number. If, if a girl gives you a fake number and you repeat it back incorrectly and they don't correct you, then you know it's a fake number. So that tells Dean that he has more work to do. Y'all have experience with this, Greg? No, I don't know where I've heard that. <laughs> Damn, Greg. First how to kill people in a cage and now this. <laughs> it's always weird to me that they like do things at bars. Well, not hang out at bars, but like when they're... Sam is just straight up researching on, on a bar <laughs> stool. And uh, that's always weird to me, but it also makes sense because Dean seems to thrive in the bar scene. It has to be a straight up compromise between them. <laughs> <laughs> it's free Wi-Fi and beer. <laughs> we find out that Dean's been using some aliases to uh, help him get lucky with some women. <laughs> they've been rock stars apparently army rangers and this week dean's pretending that they're la tv scouts i was a little upset that he had to do this like <laughs> i feel like dean's suave enough that he doesn't need to lie he could just casually like hi right, bruce let's test your suaveness so what do you do oh me i'm unemployed <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, yeah i hunt yeah, I like to hunt. Fun fact, I don't know, I learned this in Spanish class, that we're the only country that answers with, like, employment when you ask that question. Oh, really? I don't know if we're, I don't know if the only country, but, like, Spanish-speaking countries will answer with um, uh, things they like to do. So, like, I play guitar. I, uh, yeah. Hmm. We answer with what our occupation is. So, Greg, like you mentioned, Sam makes the connection to Dad's journal, and the boys head off to New Paltz, New York, to investigate... A history of strange deaths. Dean looks to be a little hungover, and Sam just gives him a nice little, nice little scare with the horn blast. <laughs> Classic Sam. And we get the the most obvious Easter egg I've ever seen. Yeah, which is the license plate says "The Crip," is because it's written by Eric Kripke. You catch that one, Bruce? The Crip. No. I don't no, think I, I caught not, it no. the first time, but just since I've gotten used to. Like the names of the show, 
Um, it's very obvious. <laughs> so is the Impala always that dirty or is that made more dirty for effect? I didn't even notice it was dirty. Uh, they make it a point to go down the really shiny cars oh. and then we, we, we get to the Impala and there's dust like everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> like, the whole point was to show how out of place they were. They're investigating this estate sale, trying to find out whatever could have possibly killed this family. And Dean compares it to a garage sale for wasps. Do you guys know what a wasp is? Uh, white. Anglo-Saxon. Uh, purse. Uh, <laughs> so close. White, white, Anglo-Saxon. Protestant. Protestant. Where is this located? Um, upstate New York. Okay. Yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> I like how they just go into these fancy places, though, with their just casual attire. Didn't even try this time. <laughs> I'm so glad it. They had like sort of had consequences as a result, and and had someone call them out. Um, not only for like being out of place, but also it was an invite-only thing, so they were literally out of place. <laughs> But Dean perfectly embodied act like you belong there. The confidence mm. he walked with. My goodness. <laughs> and you got some free food out of it, too. That was nice. Yeah, he did. And some champagne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if only he had a tux on, I think, I think we could have made it. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're here, we get our first look at Sarah Blake. I have a question. You were thinking like, hey, who is that? <laughs> That's right, it's our weekly segment where we take a look at some of the guest stars featured on this episode of Supernatural. So first up, let's look at our smart and charming Sarah Blake, played by Taylor Cole. So, have you guys ever heard of the Hallmark Channel? (laughs) I have. So has Taylor. (laughs) Taylor has appeared in the TV movies for the Hallmark Channel, Appetite for Love, my Summer Prince, The Art of Us, <laughs> Christmas in Homestead, Christmas Festival of Ice, <laughs> One Winter Weekend, One Winter Proposal, and One Winter Wedding. And also, the TV series of movies for the Hallmark Channel, Ruby Herring Mysteries, playing the lead character, Ruby Herring. Good for her. <laughs> yeah, she's doing great. Next up, we have our energetic librarian, played by Jay Brazow. Hey, who is that? So you might recognize Jay from a season five episode of Supernatural playing a completely different character. Awesome. I just want to say that Jay Brazow stole the show. I loved him in this. He was incredible. Oh my God. We'll get to him. Next, we'll go to our greedy dad, Daniel Blake, played by Keith Martin Gordy. Hey, who is that? So you might recognize Mr. Gordy from, that's right, a season 10 episode of Supernatural playing a completely different character. Now we have our, sorry we thought you killed your entire family, Isaiah Merchant, played by (laughs) Lyndon Banks. Hey, who's that? Some of you listeners out there will most likely know Lyndon Banks from a season 6 episode of Supernatural playing a completely different character. Oh, man. (laughs) Let's take this to our dead man, Mark Teleska, played by Curtis Caravaggio. Hey, I missed that. Now you see, Curtis Caravaggio 
was on a season eight episode of Supernatural playing. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> my favorite game. <laughs> and last but not least, we have our killer painted child, Melanie Merchant, played by Jodell Furland. Hey, who is that? Now this one's interesting. You might recognize Jodell from a season 15 episode of Supernatural playing a completely different character. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Wait. So she's like an an ad- Wait, how old she is? She'll be like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and I think she's our first one to get first season and last season with nothing in between. I'd like to think that was intentional. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on is that so did any of you know what provenances were before <laughs> watching this episode of supernatural no i felt like dean yeah i had no idea i i, I was like i should know that word that feels like a word i should know but you know who knows what a provenance is suave sam from his from his one art history class yeah where he learned about american primitive and grandma <laughs> moses um one of my favorite jokes in this episode came at this moment whenever Daniel Blake comes back up to them to kick them out. And Dean says, we don't have to be told twice. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you do. <laughs> so good. Well delivered, too. I really liked our mo- uh, hotel montage to show what the their current hotel looks like. And they just go, huh. And I would very much appreciate that in every single episode. This was perfect example of using um like different music to set a weird tone in the show i loved Mm. the music they played here and yeah that montage show in the room and just the reaction to it it was it was perfect so dean convinces sam to go on a date with sarah blake to get some information out of her and they end up going to this what seems to be a pretty fancy restaurant and immediately my first thought is Sam, you can't afford this. But she bought a beer, so she's down to earth and probably didn't order something super expensive. (laughs) I appreciated that date a lot on Sam's part because, like, just the team as a whole is usually very confident and they know what they're doing and blah, 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 blah. It was nice to see Sam just, like, struggle to just, like, go on a date even and it was just like ah oh, you're a real person too so i just didn't, i i i love um, from the moment sam and sarah met it actually felt like the two of them had chemistry which i think was a nice change of pace for our sam relationships on the show so far and yeah bruce i liked the fact that they went on this date and the show actually put in some legwork to make a relationship work that was also relevant to the plot of the show so nothing in it seemed forced, but I think we built a relationship between Sam and someone else a lot better than we did during Hookman. Yes, definitely. So Sam gets his provenances from Sarah, and they realize that um, this painting is of Isaiah Merchant and his family from 1910. Um, and people, the people that have died that were in Dad's journal were connected to purchasing this portrait. And then we get some just straight up real breaking and entering. The heist scene. So good. This scene had like urgency behind it. 
and I loved it. And it just felt really cool. They were running upstairs. They were fast in their movements. They weren't just like creeping around in the shadows like they normally do. It was, we got to get this done and get out of here. It was cool. I, I just like the breaking and entering. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. cool. <laughs> I, I like to see their skills, like when they get into the zone and, you know, Dean's sitting there picking the lock and, you know, I, I just, it was a fun yeah. scene. Love that they are in general. Pros. Do you guys realize how, how good they must be that they don't need credit card scams. They just need to rob people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Bruce. So after this scene, Sam thinks it's time for them to go home. But Dean says that he dropped his wallet and they have to go back to get it. (laughs) What were you thinking? It felt legitimate. Like it felt goofy, but uh, I completely bought into it. I was like, Oh, I lose my wallet sometimes. That's a, that's a real thing. That's a thing that happens. I was so mad because I was so happy from the heist scene, from how professional and good they were. And I was just like, you dropped your, you even took your wallet. What is wrong with you? And then he got me good. And then he discovers the paintings back. Yeah. And Sam is not good under pressure. No. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Completely breaks character. Sam was not chill about that situation whatsoever. And frankly, I'm surprised Sarah ever wanted to interact with him again after that. He was being a real weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) Leaving town. No, no, I'm not. Maybe. See you around. (laughs) And then Greg, like you said, now we get to the best character in the entire episode. This librarian my goodness, he was so amped up about this whole thing. <laughs> I loved it. He was amazing. I can't even put my finger on it, but like just acting wise, like he is a character actor that like really sold it. It wasn't like over the top. Like, like you said, he's amped up, but um, it wasn't like oversold. Like he, he was just really good. He nailed it. Yeah, it didn't feel like overacting. It felt like someone who was genuinely passionate about what they were talking about. Sam's calling Sarah back for the painting. Um, what happens in that scene is the exact reason I hate talking on the phone in front of people. Even if it's something mundane, like scheduling a dentist appointment, I will leave the room, even with my wife. Like I, will, I do not like when people hear me talk to other people unless they can hear the conversation. Does that make any sense? Is it because you don't want them to feel left out, so you leave the room? No, I don't want them judging the way I carry a conversation. Because because when when Sam first called Sarah, Dean like laughed at him at the way he was talking to her, and it's just like, bro, because <laughs> he said so. Uh, so listen, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why he should have gone. He should have taken a walk and, and asked Sarah. So, uh, so listen. <laughs> um, then we get our scene of the painting going to its newest home. And oh, this poor old lady has no clue what she's up for. <laughs> oh, my God. That was crazy. They make it inside. And did you guys notice um, where Isaiah was looking at in the picture then? Was he looking towards the girl? Yeah, he was looking at the girl then. And then uh, Sarah goes up to touch the old lady and try to wake her up. And nope, that thing was barely attached. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like how Sam's like, no, don't do that. And then just, <laughs> I was pretty impressed with that making it on television. That was pretty good. Let's say these kills, they were they were pretty graphic. <laughs> so Dean gets to play Da Vinci Code and catches the difference in the painting inside the painting. Yeah. And they see um, the mausoleum, which he holds up an ashtray to, to magnify it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is that a thing you can do? I don't know, is but that... I need to go get an ashtray. <laughs> yeah, I was starting to laugh at these, like, find the difference scenarios. Like, he reminded me of Highlights Magazine. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it didn't take me out of the plot. It was just, it just kind of gave me a chuckle. Like, what's different here? So people keep dying when they buy the painting and they hang it at their house. Did they ever explain like why people aren't being killed at the warehouse? You, you kind of have to infer it a little bit. Melanie, ghost girl, killed her family at their home. And then her adopted family at her their home. So... It's kind of like her Emma was just murdering people in their own homes. Okay. When they take her into their home. Yeah. I was just curious. Like, I was like, that's weird that only when they take it home. But I guess with that pattern, it makes more sense. So do you guys think Sam should marry that girl? Of course. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not a fan, Bruce, huh? I, I Just the whole situation, the whole idea. Of, and we complained about this a couple episodes back. But the whole situation of them like falling in love with someone and like going on and like, but just leaving on Sunday is so ridiculous. Like, so I don't know. I, I like it, but I don't, I like that they fall in love and I like that they're perfect for each other, but it makes me angry that like two days from now, they're never going to talk to each other again. (laughs) Bruce, no one ever said the word love. Oh, I did. I'm sorry. I did at the synopsis. That was my fault. I, I incepted you. Oh, that's where I got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think for me, I may have already had this complaint, but this is the most uh, explicit Sam has been with his feelings about the people around him getting hurt. And I don't know how I would feel in that exact situation, but I really strongly feel that Two people is not a full pattern, I guess. So I had that same thought. And then Sam says something really interesting, which was, I had a girlfriend before. As his first and only one, or like his, you know, most serious actual girlfriend. Yeah, that's the way it kind of comes across is Jessica was like Sam's one and only girlfriend, which makes sense because they've been living on the road before that. He goes to college, has one girlfriend, and she dies. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. I just um, would would have liked to see more of an, a pattern established. I enjoyed that conversation because it, it needed to happen. Um, I compare him to Spider-Man all the time in my head. <laughs> uh, because, like, eventually you fall in love with that person. And you're like, and we talked about this before, where if he's not telling them what's going on, they're not getting the true self of him. Um, so it needs to happen because when it comes down to it, if he doesn't tell them what's going on, they're in more harm's way at a certain point. So I, I, I get it. I, I, I like I like that conversation. Um, I just I, I don't know. It's a complicated situation with them. I did like with Sarah, like if they're starting a relationship or whatever by the end of this, 
uh, you, you, like you said, like, oh, they have to let her know and stuff. Well, she at least knows a little bit. She knows that they, they kill things. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, she doesn't know all the details about his past, but maybe it'll come with time. Who knows? I think she's going to stop selling art after this. Nah, it's a once in a lifetime. Nah, okay. issue. <laughs> what, what are the odds? Huh? <laughs> so they end up going to the mausoleum to check on where the merchant's ashes are. And I don't know if you guys have picked up on this before, but this is really the first time I did. And I love how they just always quiz each other whenever they find something. You notice anything strange with oh. that? <laughs> it's like every single episode, and I never realized it, but anytime they find something, they always quiz the other one on it before they talk about it. Oh, that's interesting. Cause like, it's probably mostly for like the audience to try and guess, but it's also like, uh-huh. it can also be in character of like yeah. their lifelong training for this is like, if you don't see this, you need to learn how to see this. Yeah. And it's almost like competitive with, I found this. Can mm-hmm. you find it? Oh man. I like that. I'll look out for it. So they broke into the mausoleum. Are are Muslims usually like locked? Is that how that works? Yeah, I think so. I thought they were just like you could walk in them, be- like uh, like the same as you would as a gr- like a grave kind of thing. I think it de- I guess it depends on the style because they had the urns out like that, right? I, yeah, I think it's a style thing. George Washington's mausoleum is locked, definitely. You know, here we go. Sometimes an entire mausoleum belongs to a family. In this case, you will definitely need to ask permission before visiting. These family mausoleums are usually under lock and key. There you go. Nobody's taking care of those, though, because they are dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Which I was also like thrown back on because I thought like there was a like a keeper of the grounds that would take care of that. But apparently not. You just lock it up and the family comes and takes care of it. There's bones to burn. I'm so excited. I think we've discussed it a few times, but it's only come up a couple times where they actually had a body to burn. Oh, yeah, it's rarely any Anytime it happens, I'm so excited. Burned them good. Boy, did they. Hey, guys, that was a lot of gasoline, and I would like to give a PSA. First off, <laughs> do not use gasoline for fire. But second off, that much gasoline, the way they used it, would have exploded. <laughs> Especially in a <laughs> hole, those scenes would yeah, just Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that body would have blown out of the grave. Um, and yeah, normally I don't think that, I think they use lighter fluid most of the time. Yeah, but this is the first time. Because I had to go back and make sure, like, first make sure it was gasoline, and second make sure it was as much as I thought it was. It was way too much gasoline. I loved sarah during all of this um because she hung that lampshade all day um, <laughs> so <laughs> we're digging that uh hole and she's like you guys are really good at this and like i looked at it he dean dug a perfectly like straight down hole <laughs> like with 90 degree corners like <laughs> she does it again later and it's so this is a crime scene, right? I'm so excited when she said <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, they go back to the house because um, they take the smart step of deciding to also bury the painting just in case, mm-hmm. which I think was very inf- important follow-up that sometimes they lack a little. They just yeah. burn the body and go away. <laughs> I thought it was weird because wouldn't it have made sense to grab the painting first and just bury it in the hole that they dug? 
I, th- I think they were just more working on speed with the thing get that rid of the they spirit. thought would kill them. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking at efficiency. That's all. No. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's lay this out. Okay. You get the painting. I'll dig a hole. You come back with the painting. We'll burn it with the body. Bury them both. We'll, we'll be done by midnight. We'll be good to go. Bruce, what did you think of this plot twist? Did you see it coming? Did you feel like there was too much time left in the episode? I watched the show so calmly today that I was I was a simpleton the whole time. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I was like, oh. Okay, that makes sense, but I did not see that coming. <laughs> but it just goes to show that kids are creepy. Kids are creepy. So the door gets shut while Dean's outside. Sam and Sarah are inside. I like that Sam called Dean instead of trying to shout through the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a really nice little detail. That's real smart. I feel like it didn't make sense initially, but like later on, you're like, okay. Yeah. He's got to move away from this killer. He knows what he's doing. He's been locked in a house without Dean before. (laughs) Bruce, you mentioned hanging the lampshade. Sam hung a good lampshade this episode, which was, what kind of house doesn't have salt? That's absolutely correct, Sam. (laughs) It was good for the plot, so the house did not have salt. So when Melanie shows up in her little creepy ghost body, I realize it's been a while since we've actually seen a ghost. Because she did the the blip. blip. (laughs) Can we say the blip still? (laughs) <laughs> that feels copyrighted yeah. at this point. Uh, she, she the glitch. The glitch. <laughs> I don't want to say I got excited about it, but it was nice to see something so familiar and consistent with the show that hasn't been overdone. It was just, it just felt like home, you know? Nostalgia. Yeah. Within 20 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to figure out how the spirit of Melanie is still alive because they thought her body had been burned. And Sarah says, um, we used to deal in antique dolls. They were made in the image of their owner. And Sam says to her, that's really interesting, but do you think it's important right now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, you asshole. (laughs) What an asshole. (laughs) That's really interesting. Uh, So then Sarah says that it is important because the doll most likely had uh, Melanie's real hair attached to her. Can we can we talk about this for a second? Because I was under the impression that it didn't need to have Melanie's hair. That her spirit was just attached to it in general. We've had a hook, and you could argue that that was part of the man. We've had a haunted truck that needed to be burned, or in this case it crossed a church, whatever. But uh, it just seemed like it didn't have to have her hair. I just thought that I'm being nitpicky here. But when when Sam made his asshole comments, like even then, without it being her hair, like it should have been, oh, maybe we need to burn the doll. Couldn't you just have to burn everything then? Like that they have? Is that what you're implying? I'm saying that the girl is attached to the doll, but they didn't it didn't have to be her real hair. You mean like for the plotting of the episode? Yeah, like, like the that didn't have to be the reason she was attached to the doll. Like uh, she was just okay. attached to the doll in general. I think we've just had so many objects lately, hmm. like haunted objects, where maybe it was just time to let it just be the person's body again. Oh, uh, that's you know I didn't even think about like okay, it wasn't specifically the doll; it was the hair. Yeah, yeah. 
okay i just now finally realized like oh it, she wasn't attached to the doll she just oh no no yeah it was specifically okay. yeah yeah it was because but of even the hair. so uh, whatever okay People get haircuts and yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I know they have a lot to go find that hair. <laughs> so Dean's trying to smash open the glass that has the doll behind it in the mausoleum. This is my favorite part ever. <laughs> Can we hear your Dean impersonation? <laughs> Come on. Dean. <laughs> so good. There. This is such a good gag because even initially it was like there are news stories of people dying from using a gun as a hammer in the exact way that he did (laughs) and so it's just funny that that was his first thought of how to use the gun let alone not thinking about plan b i just i love that gag all right so dean burns up the hair and melanie goes away so i was debating for lore this week if greg like you said if it should be more about the doll or more about like a haunted or cursed painting. Um, so I went painting this week because I feel like it made more sense. And there maybe later down the line, there'll be a, a better example for a haunted doll. So I just have a couple urban legends around haunted paintings to share with you guys. If you have a minute. All right. So first, just a, a quick story about a painting called The Hands Resist Him. Um, so it's a painting that appeared online in, um, I think it was 2000. Um, and it appeared with this description of it. Where to begin? Well, I've always had a connection to what Carl Jung called the collective unconscious. I think we all do. Artists, especially visual artists, are barometers for the currents that run through this collective. Dreams are a common experience people may have with this. Anyway, my own experience is a sensitivity to place physical, geographical place. There are memories, echoes of all the life within a place. Maybe it's what's called channeling. When I painted Hands Resist Him in 1972, I used an old photo of myself at age five in a Chicago apartment. The hands are the other lives. The glass door, that thin veil between waking and dreaming. The girl or doll is the imagined companion or guide through this realm. Both the owner of the gallery where Hands was displayed and the Los Angeles Times art critic who reviewed my show were dead within a year of the show. I'm sure it was a coincidence. But some of what I paint resonates in other people, opening the inner door, or basement. By the way, I still have no idea what happened to the character actor who bought the painting at the show. Editor's note. It was John Marley, who died in 1984. Or how it ended up abandoned in a building. Though I could speculate. Bill. Creepy. Also, I looked up the painting and creepy. Next up, there's a popular story that haunts the halls of Royal Holloway, University of London. A story about a haunted painting called Man Proposes, God Disposes. It is said that in the 1920s, a student killed himself by stabbing himself in the eye with his pencil while taking his exams in front of the painting. To this day, that painting is covered by a Union Jack during exams students fear that looking at it will make them go mad. While officials from the school claim that this death never happened, if you had been there, you may have seen a painting of two polar bears among the wreckage of a lost expedition. And you may have seen a student's exam with the words, the polar bears made me do it. So, Sam was behind the dresser, and he couldn't get to Sarah to save her. 
and he was screaming for help, or not screaming for help, he was just screaming because that's what they do in stressful, stressful situations. I was really hoping we were going to get his telepathy, but it didn't happen. Just wanted to throw that out there. I was, I was very sad. I was like, it's coming back. Here it is. But no, it just, it's saved by the burning baby doll. That would have been cool. Didn't love her enough. Or maybe it's because he wasn't trapped in a closet. <laughs> the key. <laughs> so they're back at the auction house with Sarah. And there's these guys packing up the painting. And they're just talking incredibly casually about everything in front of these two guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they didn't seem to notice. No, they overheard everything. There's no. They were like four feet away from them. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want us to do with this? <laughs> During their goodbye... Sarah says, uh, maybe you'll come back and see me. Sam says, I will. Big oof, Sam. Big oof. <laughs> we know that's not happening. <laughs> maybe Dean went back to see his lover that one time when she was in trouble. Yeah, when she called him specifically to right. come back. <laughs> you know what, Bruce? That's fair. <laughs> All right, Sarah. See you in how long ago was it? Years. But then they kiss and the episode ends. I like to think that that was a nod to her Hallmark career. <laughs> that's probably how it got started. <laughs> Good guess. Reviews? Reviews. Reviews. I give this episode seven haunted paintings out of ten. Uh, overall, it was enjoyable. I liked the plot twists and just the general mystery. Um, I wasn't a fan of Sam's love interest plot. Not quite sure why it didn't feel quite right. I don't know how to describe it. I thought they did have good chemistry, especially in their first scene together, but um, I don't know. I just didn't feel like I cared. So, 7 out of 10. Not bad. <laughs> Damn. What? That was just abrupt. <laughs> didn't feel like I cared. 7 out of 10. <laughs> I'm going to give it 5.5 out Whoa. of 10. Oh. I'm going to give it five and a half out of ten violent spirits. That's right. Question. That is right. <laughs> it's a violent spirit. Yep. I can put it on a bingo card. Um, it was a it was a fun story. Um, it felt like very close to our Bloody Mary story. Um, just, you know, a different it's a picture instead of a mirror. Like you said, Greg, the added like romance Part of it was fun because it's like, oh, eventually Sam definitely has to move on from, you know, his dead girlfriend, Jess. Jess. Nice. Um, And that's what that's mainly what it was for. Um, But like you said, I just something was off on it and it just didn't feel like it was completely necessary. Um, But without that story, even it just uh, I liked it, but not enough to give it, you know. A huge rating, so five and a half violent spirits. This is going to be our widest spread, eight and a half out of ten. Um, I really enjoy Ooh. like everything about this episode. Um, I did enjoy the romance because it it actually felt earned. This episode, they they did have good chemistry. You did actually see them spend time together, even alone away from Dean, and seeing what they have in common. And it's not just stalking and. <laughs> kissing um and i thought the the monster was our, our uh i'll say it we haven't said it yet i thought our monster of the week was fun <laughs> um 
the effects with the painting and the head turning it was i think it was just really well done and the little mystery twist at the end with it being the daughter um just a nice added element um and i thought the episode was really funny i thought dean and sam both played the humor really well and we got greg's favorite character the whole season with the energetic librarian i think it all just added up to just a really fun filler episode eight and a half out of ten I forgot to comment on the effects with the painting. I I thought they did a very good job. Yeah, it was just perfect for the show. It wasn't it didn't look bad CGI wise. It Yeah, it was just perfect. I even like the sound they played with it. That like yeah. watery, thick, viscous sound. Perfect. Wow, five and a half. Well <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was gonna be a little bit more harsh. Um, I told you the it's the I enjoy the show, so every show I'm going to enjoy watching. So I have to be a little bit more critical about these. <laughs> I, I mean, like, would you go back and change any of your ratings? Not Probably. That I'm saying yeah, you yeah. should, but yeah, if I was going to be this harsh, there's definitely some that like, <laughs> would be a little bit lower. You just rated this only one and a half higher than Bugs. Bugs would be much lower. <laughs> and you gave Hookman a five. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a half a star above five. Next week on Supernatural, we're watching Season 1, Episode 20, Dead Man's Blood. Sam and Dean investigate after a vampire hunter who was John's mentor is murdered. I love vampires, and I'm really excited for this episode. <laughs> also, just <laughs> just uh, the, the, the idea that there's a vampire hunter, so I'm excited. So, because Dad's mentor has been being killed... I've been predicting for a while that dad is going to come back on episode 20. So this checks out. He's at least going to come back to make sure that, you know, his friend or mentor is um, avenged or whatnot. But I'm going to keep with the he's going to come in the last. um, We'll give it 10 minutes and save the day. I'm thinking Meg might even show up next next episode. Um, Given that synopsis, I'm going to say that maybe it's, you know, uh, like a little teaser at the end. Um, but I, I like to think that Meg's going to be back. And <laughs> I put in here that hopefully, or not hopefully, but uh, Father or Meg might kill Sarah. Oh my God. <laughs> to, you know, because he was afraid to tell people. Oh, that's true. And that's why, that's why you don't tell people what you do. And, and right. we'll finally get our actual pattern. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So those are my predictions. Dad next week uh, comes in ninja style, saves the day, and Meg kills Sarah. Damn. <laughs> Bruce, three episodes left. How are you feeling? I It's so hard because of these Monster of the Week episodes, because you're like, what could they do? They have <laughs> three more episodes. <laughs> but I'm going to guess either not next episode or the one after that is going to just get crazy. <laughs> And I'm really excited for that. I put out another poll this week, guys. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's fun because I completely forget what I even put by the time we get to this. <laughs> if season one, Sam, were to get a tattoo, what would that tattoo be? Ooh. Would it be a dragon? A tribal tattoo? A mom tattoo? Or a little, a little lower back tattoo? <laughs> And uh, our fans voted um, 50% said 
a dragon. So, uh, tribal tattoo and mom were tied for second. Nobody thought that he would get a lower back tattoo. So, <laughs> second of all, we've had a str- striga. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. striga. Can't say that word. We've had a striga. We've had a tulpa. Mm-hmm. We've had a raw head. Uh-huh. We've had a vengeful spirit. Uh-huh. And we've had a violent spirit. Oh, bingo. Bingo. Bam, 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 Nice job, Bruce. That only took you 20, ep- <laughs> what, 19 episodes. So close. Uh, so send in your recommendations uh, to where Casey's sending his $50. I'll have an announcement next week. Remember to send in those reviews for my sexy, sexy voice and my impersonations of something. Uh, <laughs> that was not an impersonation. <laughs> I have no idea what that was. I'm so sorry for everyone out there. He doesn't normally do that. That was my Elmo voice. <laughs> my impersonations. For any questions, comments, or smart remarks, send them to naturalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at naturalfriendspodcast. Thank you for, to our fans and our wives for your continued support. If you enjoy this, drop us a review and subscribe. Thank you for joining us. We are Natural, Natural Friends. Friends. I'm going to go use the, the little boys room. I'm going to go potty and go potty. I'm going to go make a tinkle.